0: Do you ever wish things in life would go a lot faster? For us here at your Manchester, it's the wait until we get some warmer weather in the north. Oh, and the wait between seasons of Doctor Who. We wouldn't mind speeding through the washing up either. Do you know what else is better when it goes faster? Your broadband. And luckily for us Mancunians, TalkTalk's future fibre is now here in Manchester, and with speeds of up to a whopping 900 megabits per second, it's fast enough to handle anything you can throw at it, and it's great TalkTalk Talk value too. Well, it might not do the washing up for you. When it comes to downloading our podcast or booking tickets to the latest plays here in Manchester, then ultra fast and ultra reliable broadband using the latest technology is just what you need. To find out more, search TalkTalk Talk Future Fibre, subject to local availability.
1: Well, a very good evening to each and every one of you joining me, Miss Belinda Scandal
0: and... Miranda McCaffrey! What
1: a show we have got for you today, everybody. We are very lucky today, aren't we? We are. We've had a lovely conversation. We have. With a fantastic performer. fantastic performer. A fantastic performer called Tom Pryor, everybody. Yes. He's starring in a wonderful film called Firebird, and that is coming to home uh, in the next... Uh, On Friday. This week, this week On instead for seven days. Yes. So we're going to get in deep... With that particular one aren't we yes we are other than that we've got a right bonanza of a show everybody we really really have it's going to be absolutely impeccable today it really really is Join us on the sofa today we have got the former lord mayor himself he's not been with us for a while but Enough we've got power. him back today Enough. it is of course Uh, Dr. Carl Austin Behan, O B E S B E T B E, yay! Don't get me D L. D L, what does that stand for? Deputy Lieutenant of Greater Manchester. Get out. Mm -hmm. I just thought you wanted to keep up
0: the
2: dialogue. Are you still
0: an LGBT
1: czar? I'm,
2: well, whatever you want to call me, but yeah, Yeah. still uh, an advisor and still sort of getting myself out there and supporting everyone across the whole of Greater Manchester when it comes to LGBTQ plus
1: issues. It sounds fantastic. Mm -hmm. Have you been busy? Very busy. You've been not busy enough to not get a tan, though. Well, you've got to keep yourself up there, haven't you? I mean, yes, Manchester. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's Manchester. Uh, yes, it is Manchester, <laughs> it's Manchester. We were discussing last week about the beach that's going to be here in 2025. I know
2: it was. It was it's two years later, isn't it? It was, it was down for 2023,
1: and now they've moved it on. Looking I'm
2: looking for... forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to <laughs> that. Planned on. your whole year round. And oh, you're like
0: right. I'm, sh-
2: I'm looking forward to the Pride
1: event there. And the beach. Oh. Yeah,
2: and the, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Really. So like, we need to sort of get into a count we, in could, we, we
1: could um, We could get a team of drag queens doing the um, synchronised swimming. Uh, in the news today, um, we are, we've just been informed just before we came on air that unfortunately um, one of the bars just on the precipice of the gay village is, uh, is going to be forced to close for a little while. Uh, we're also referring to... Uh, Tribeca, yes. uh, this news comes to us directly from the Manchester Evening News, and it says Tribeca in Sackville Street um, has had its licence suspended, meaning that in a few uh, weeks' uh, time that it will be forced to close in aid that it finds itself a, a good management team again.
2: Yeah, I used to say on licensing within mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the City Council, I was on the council, and it's a tough decision to make because you've got to think about the livelihoods, you've got to think about you know the jobs mm-hmm. that, that could suffer. Uh, hopefully, it's just going to be for a short period of time uh, i've read the article as well and i think one of the i think one of the things that the problems they probably had was they were outside people were coming in and sort of yeah. using the venue um, yeah. so that really the, the venue themselves have lost, have, haven't got the control of who's in the venue and i know that there was an incident that took place outside during covid when you know quite a few people sort well, of this is together. one of the things that's
0: been talked about in the article is the fact that there were so many things that were staying on later after COVID times that yeah they shouldn't mm-hmm. have
2: been but also it was about the fact that it was it was outside promoters using the venue uh, to bring them in, and, and they, would do it. they were in charge of the ticket sales when it, when yeah. it was ticketed.
1: Also, what's better in the news this week, Manchester Airport, Terminal 3, reopening everybody. Hallelujah. Do you think that'll have an impact on what's been chaos at Manchester Airport? Well, uh,
2: the problem I I, I see there, they keep saying the fact that one of the problems they've got is that with staffing. So if yeah. they're opening another terminal, <laughs> where are these staff, where coming, are from? The staff coming from? And
1: plus, they've just spent an absolute fortune on the increase in size of Terminal 2. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't... I, why? No, I, They're but, making it bigger and they've not got the well, stuff no, to cover it, it.
2: Obviously, this was all pre-COVID, wasn't mm. it, for
1: the, for the new terminal. Right then, we are now going to be speaking to a star of a film and also a co-writer of a fantastic film. Now, this film, I have to tell you, Brandon, I've watched it. It's emotional. Oh my god! It's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. It's an absolute roller coaster. It is. I would say it's the pinnacle of LGBT wonderful filmmaking. This everybody and the star and co-writer. Did you like that? I did like that. Thank you. Cheers. I'm I'm glad you like that. Thank you. I'm glad you like that. And uh, he joins us right now, Tom Pryor. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hello. How's it going? i uh, I've got we everybody's gonna be looking at your, your lovely background there and thinking about that gorgeous bed there and everything. It's gorgeous. Whereabouts are you dialing in from today?
3: Uh I'm actually staying in Soho um because we have our premiere in London tonight.
1: Are you excited?
3: Oh. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I excited mean excited and nervous, very nervous. It's it's classed as a romantic about. war
1: drama. It's 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 brilliant. Uh, perhaps say it all for us then. What's the basis of this story then, Tom?
3: Well, it's a true love story um, based on the memoirs of Sergei Fetisov. Uh, he served in the Soviet uh, army in literally at the height of the Cold War. And uh, he was sort of finishing his last months of his conscription. And then one day, a maverick fighter pilot arrives to the Air Force Base straight out of flight school. And um, yeah, they, they kind of lock eyes and sort of realize that, you know, something something more is going on than what they originally uh, thought is their, their daily duties. And so really it's it's a story about how they fight to be together in a totalitarian system and, and you know, within the military when it's completely illegal and, and you would go to a um, a hard labour camp uh, for five years if you were to embark on a relation such as this.
0: That's yeah. that's incredible.
1: Yeah. I mean, is this one of the reasons why you wanted to to get into this project? What was your inspiration about? You know co-writing on this project well i
3: was actually approached to play the lead in the film uh first of all i was doing some work in america and and then a film producer had just come across peter rubain the the director and my co-writers uh first draft of the story and um he had began to adapt the memoirs of Sergei fatisov's true story and uh yeah we met in december 2014 and uh I basically heard more about the story and I was like, wow, this is a part that I'm really fascinated to play. Um, I've always loved the Cold War era. I've always been fascinated by the Soviet history and I've always kind of wanted to, to be in sort of more like military based um, drama. And then I've always been fascinated also, but by, by the line of friendship and something more. And so it kind of appealed on many different levels to me. And uh, yeah, we, we began working together um, on the story. And I started making some suggestions on how we could improve a couple of the scenes when we were actually shooting a, a concept trailer, a, a teaser trailer, to help raise the rest of the financing for the film. And uh, Peter very graciously received those bits of feedback. And then, then we did two more weeks of feedback. And then that sunk me into two and a half years worth of rewriting, restructuring, drafting. Um, going to Russia to meet the real Sergei and 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 uh, really a very deep dive into the kind of creative process that we we changed the story. I think for a much a much stronger uh, final result.
0: It's like you say, you know, you you you've now met the real Sergei of who this is about, and you got to speak to him. How, how does he feel knowing that you're almost putting his tale on screen?
3: Um, well, in we met him in 2016. Um, and sadly he actually passed away in 2017 right. um, and we had known that he was he was ill um, earlier in the year in 2017 but having got to know him over several days uh, and and hung out with him in Moscow and he was such a sort of bright spirit and he was like really like courageous and you know openly flirted with like a, a male waiter in a restaurant and things I like that. that he really was it, in the heart of Moscow you know he was not he was not apologetic but he was also not sort of naive to his surroundings um and then yeah i actually uh made the trip actually with with peter rebain to um his funeral in russia and he lived three hours outside of moscow and we got to meet his friends and unfortunately the rest of his family were were kind of quite long gone but a lot of his friends and we went to this uh this this wake and we went to a very traditional russian orthodox funeral and i Kind of landed on me the kind of gravity of what we were doing. We were going to leave this man's legacy, and and I was going to play this part um, and leave how he'll be remembered in the world. So, yeah, it, it was it was a, it's a real honor to have such a level of, of depth actually, um, a, as an actor, as a writer, as a creative.
1: And what was his life like after where your film kind of ends? What was his life like after that? Well.
3: He confessed to us that he said that he never found a kind of love like that again. You know, the, the love which he described uh, really was very all-encompassing and, and very soulful and very powerful. And, and yeah, he was he was he said that he'd had other relationships, but there was nothing quite like what he'd had with Roman. And you know, he went on, and I think he's in about he ended up being in about forty-eight different Russian films because uh, he was an actor. Yeah. And, mm-hmm had like quite a, a, a decent career. He, never, you know, he was not like a movie star, but he, had, he you know, made a decent living actually as an actor and started his own theater in, in his hometown as well.
1: You see, I think I would put it down as a romantic thriller, because, mm. I mean, not thrilled by its very definition. There's not like, ooh. Well, it's, it's sort but it's of the thrillingness it. in the fact of will they, won't they, what comes next, well, how will she react, how th- will he I react? I think that
0: kind of works to where it's setting is as well, because obviously it's set in the Cold War, and the Cold War a whole thing was to do with the fact of will they, won't they? Mm. And I think that it's almost like a representation of that at the same time, which is great to have that in such a storytelling way. And, of course, you've watched this yourself many a times, I'm guessing. Uh, do you
1: watch yourself, I should ask, first of all?
3: Uh, I do actually I'm I'm quite a um, believer in actually even watching playback on the set because um, I can be quite objective about what I am showing what I can what I'm creating even like where eyes go and you know what film acting can actually end up being incredibly technical in a really good way and also some sometimes in a slightly hindering way and sometimes you go okay if I look over there at this point, then it kind of, you know, distracts or it or makes it more effective. Yeah. So I find it very useful to wash myself back. Hmm,
1: it, it's just, it's brilliant. It is, it no, is. it really is. It's it's actually, I, I hate using this word because it's kind of overused, but it's very, very clever. Uh, for you as a co-writer, obviously it was meant to come out properly in 2021. We're now here in 2022. Uh, looking back on the film now, is there anything that you perhaps would like to have altered?
3: Honestly, no. Uh, it was actually thanks to the pandemic that um, we ended up actually cutting out another seven, eight minutes from the film. And that doesn't sound like much, but it, the way that the film kind of flows, it moves now more of a momentum that it did. And I'm actually really grateful that we got that time. I was actually in the post-production and the editing a lot, actually, as well with, with um, our director and editor. And uh, to have seen it really um, sort of refine itself actually over the amount of time that we've had has actually been a real blessing
0: so then obviously you've been so involved in the filming process writing post-production everything almost even a bit of directing obviously you're watching yourself back so what's next for you obviously we've seen you recently in the Kingsman and things like that as an actor you're you're going very far what's next for you then as a film creator
3: well I would definitely like to write some more. Um, I'm really interested in exploring more representation on the screen, and particularly to scale. Um, I have kind of in on the sort of back burner idea about a sort of more pansexual Jason Bourne, James Bond type character. Yeah, and I would really, really like to be able to bring that like to the screen again, taking it as a sort of true story as well, which really resonates with me. I mean, equally, I I would really love to work as an actor like alone again like just just doing the acting being able to like really focus on that because it's a real joy there is so much responsibility in in being one of the producers and also being one of the writers that you kind of never really switch off and sometimes uh it would it would be really nice to just sort of like immerse back and just sit back into the acting
1: what about the rest of Sergei's life would you be interested in exploring that and maybe bring in, i hate the word again but we'll use it as sequel oh. to firebird
3: yeah a number of people have well actually a number of fans have been saying like when is Firebird 2 coming out and I'm like oh like <laughs> I don't really quite know how we'd get there because we'd have to sort of say like oh it didn't really happen or something um but but yeah it was it was really amazing to get to know um Sergei in in real life and you know because he said that he never really found a type of love again um of of such intensity um I, I would almost kind of want to put that one to bed um (laughs) and just sort of like you know it kind of continues to explore around but it's such a it's such a fascinating part this is this is the thing that's so interesting right now is that you know russian culture has come under such attack but like it's 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 kind of sad because you know that that's not a people like that's a political situation which is really you know steering this whole kind of crazy invasion situation and and at the end of the day, you know, telling stories of, of love and how people want to be together and, and just can't be with those that they love and being persecuted for it is like, honestly, in this day and age is still absolutely baffling.
1: Uh, we are going to wrap this up in a minute. But before we go, we've had a couple of questions. First of all, you're here on the 22nd. Um, you'll be here. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. You're definitely here.
3: Yeah, I'm definitely here. So, because really? well, well, that's, that's to what we were over there. Over there.
1: You know, Q and A at home, everybody, on the 22nd. And uh, secondly, can we see your Sergey side smile? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's really is all that it? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's it's that little one that you kind of give halfway through quite a few times when you're with Romani. It's, it's just it's it's fantastic. Uh, and the third question is: Did you enjoy the attitude photo shoot?
3: I was so self-conscious. Um, <laughs> it was actually mad because I had um, I had had a foot injury uh, several weeks before that, and then I had COVID, which I was completely taken down by, and so I was out of action for about three and a half weeks, and then so about then two days before that I was still in bed like really sick so I was like well I can kind of just about piecing myself together and I was not kind of you know in in the in the sort of physical state that I would have liked to have been but it was really good at making you know making me get back on and do a recovery and and sort of take a grip of life again so yeah they're a really lovely team there and and uh, I mean, honestly, at that point, I didn't even know I was going to be on the cover, so that was a nice surprise.
0: Honestly, I'm surprised we've not been in the cover yet. Uh, well, yeah, I know they, they don't have a big You're enough cover mate. for me. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know we're up, up next. We can get three pins. We can get,
1: get three pins, Thank you so much for your time today, Tom. I want everybody to get behind this film. It, quite simply but i'm going to watch it again I, it's, it's fantastic i've got the links so i'm just going to be watching it watching it <laughs> watching it because it's really really very good and it's a beautiful story and it's a beautiful story for all ages which is a unique concept within itself so um tom Pryor, thank you so thank much you. and we look forward to seeing you here in manchester on the 22nd this friday everybody over at home for now though tom thanks so much for your time thanks so much, thanks tom. You so
3: much. take care <laughs>
4: hi i'm hayley and welcome to this week's on the box now you don't have to subscribe pay for a subscription to watch brilliant telly of course this week i have watched uh, the bbc series the responder i've binged all of that that is outstanding i also binged the pact as well that's set in wales absolutely brilliant also on the bbc and there's a new series of that coming soon gentleman jack is back on bbc one as well and there's currently two episodes on there at the moment but the whole series will soon be available on iplayer and um, we also have compulsion on channel five now that is brilliant i don't really watch channel five very often but lately there's been some really good dramas on there it's about a lady with ptsd she's a paramedic and it's about her recovery basically but there's a lot more to it than that do watch it um absolutely fantastic there's lots of actors in there who i would say are definitely underrated um but they are absolutely outstanding the other one i started to watch on channel five is deadline that's absolutely brilliant that's about a journalist And also, if you do subscribe to Sky, there is six Oscar winner, Dune, available at the moment. I haven't watched it yet, but I hear very good things. And of course, it won six Oscars, so it must be outstanding. That's it from me. I shall catch you next time. And remember, stronger together.
5: Bye. It's Joe Britton, your Neurosculpting Coach for another minute of Mojo. And this one is about loss because we all experience loss at some point in our lives, whether that is the loss of a job, a relationship, a life we once had, a situation, a loved one, or maybe it's some other kind of loss. Whatever your loss is, it's personal to you. And it's really normal to grieve the loss that you're experiencing. And how you grieve is really different and depends on lots of different factors. Your personality, your coping style, your life experiences, your faith if you have one, and how significant that loss was to you. Healing takes time. There's no need to feel ashamed or embarrassed if you don't cry. If you're struggling with loss and grief, there are plenty of support organisations that can help you. I'll be back next time for another Minute of Mojo. In the meantime, you can come and connect with me on my Instagram page, janebritton.mojo.
6: I'm Ollie, and I'm here with Your Manchester, and we've just come out of the Manchester Opera House from watching The Adams Family. And let me tell you what a show it was. So first up, we've got the pros of the show. Immediately from the offset, the set design was immaculate. I was there with another crew member from your Manchester and we both immediately pointed out the detail and the amount of care and effort for the set design. Some highlights for us in the cast and the leading cast was Joanne Clifton as Morticia Adams and Cameron Blakely as Gomez Adams. They really supported each other and you could see the connection between the two characters and you could see the level of care put into the characters by them actors and actresses was incredible. Another leading actor for us was Scott Page as Fester Adams and every time he walked on the stage, every movement, every action, every word had the audience belly laughing from start to finish. And now what about the cons? So for us, the second act was lacking a bit when in comparison to the first act, it felt to us like the first act had the most development and the most intrigue, comedy and everything packed in there. So when it came to the second act, there wasn't quite enough time to wrap everything up as nicely as we would have hoped. And a disappointing finale where there wasn't as much dancing, as much comedy, in comparison to the rest of the songs written by Andrew Lipper. Amazing job, by the way. Finally, the ensemble cast weren't quite as up to scratch in comparison to the remainder of the cast who shone for us. Overall, we felt it's a great night out for the family. You'll be laughing from start to finish. It's great for kids, but it's also great for adults alike. From the tone, the atmosphere, and the comedy and writing in and of itself, we at your Manchester give The Adams Family a total rating of 4 out of 5 stars.
7: Hello, Michael here with a look ahead to the next week's events happening in and around our region. Now, with the BBC's centenary just around the corner, we can expect to see a whole host of celebrations on screen, including special editions of our favourite shows and the explosive departure of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who, in a battle with both Daleks and Cybermen. But over at the Science and Industry Museum from next week is a dedicated exhibition looking at the Beebs 100 years on air and a look ahead to the future broadcasting down at Media City. Next to musical comedy The Adams Family, which arrived into the palace last night and is here for a limited time only. Be sure to see Strictly star Joanne Clifton before Saturday as the company move on to Norwich next week. And finally, cheese lovers rejoice! The Manchester Cheese Crawl Tours kick off every weekend from St Anne's Square. Take in insider knowledge on all things cheese and enjoy a glass of fizz en route around the city. Tickets can be found on the Visit Manchester website. Don't forget, we at Your Manchester love to know what you're up to, so if you think there's anything that we should be covering, be sure to give us a tweet. Whatever you're doing, have a great week.
0: Today's episode of Your Manchester has been powered by TalkTalk's Future Fibre, which is up to 23 times faster than standard broadband, proving that some things are better faster. Future Fibre is now available here in Manchester. To find out more, search TalkTalk Future Fibre, subject to local availability.